Well, this week we're on our second question in our series of life's big questions. Uh, last week was about uh, the meaning of life, where we find meaning for our life. This week, what about all this suffering? We have some uh, words of Jesus from Luke's gospel, and then we hear from the beautiful Hebrew scriptures, Psalm 23 as our text. Would you stand with me as we hear these words together? Luke chapter 13. At that very time there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. And then Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. One of my favorite movies is a movie called As Good As It Gets. Anybody like that movie? Jack Nicholson, uh, Greg Kinnear, and Helen Hunt. It's a hilarious movie, but it's a very serious movie. It's a movie that explores the suffering of those three main characters. They suffer in very different ways, but they're all people who are suffering. My favorite scene in that movie takes place when they're on their road trip and they pull off the road and they're telling their stories of suffering. And the character played by Greg Kinnear tells this gut-wrenching story of this relationship with his cold and distant and abusive father who eventually tells him on the day that he leaves for college, here's some money. I don't want you to ever come home again. And Helen Hunt's character is moved with compassion and she reaches out and she touches his face and she goes, we all have these stories that we have to get through. And then the character played by Jack Nicholson, who's in the back seat, leans forward and says, not true. Some of us have great stories, pretty stories. Stories at lakes with families and boats and noodle salad. Just nobody in this car, 
And then they get into a big argument over who's right. And of course, what makes the movie so great is they're both right a little bit. Every life has a little bit of both kinds of stories. Along the way in our life, we will all know suffering. And if we look at the history of the human race, the human story is the quest for trying to make sense out of suffering, to come to terms with suffering, to be able to find some meaning we can make of the suffering that life brings into our life. We're driven by religion and philosophy and our own sense of self as a human being to try to understand why things happen and especially why they happen to us and why they happen to those that we love. We wish we could find a reason We wish we could find a direct cause. We wish we could go back to a decision or a choice and draw a straight line that ends up at what we are experiencing right now in our suffering. But from my own experience and from walking with thousands upon thousands of people in the life of the church over the decades, I can tell you those moments are few and far between. We begin wrestling with today's question early, early in our life. The first time we rage against our parents or our teachers or God and say, this isn't fair, we're wrestling with the question, what about all this suffering? Hopefully, we become aware of that struggle. I remember when I became aware of how poorly I was struggling with the question. I was a seminarian, and I was out with my mentor pastor, Jimmy Finley, who had such a great influence and still does. We talked just this week, influence on my life as a pastor. We had been in some meaningful visit, pastoral visit, with someone in the hospital. And I had totally missed the significance of that ministry moment because I was all caught up in myself and my own struggle. And we got in the car, and I'll never forget it. Jimmy looked at me, and he said, this we know to be true. That's how he still talks. I don't know why, but this is like Yoda or something. (laughs) This we know to be true. All people suffer. And this we also know to be true. Barry Hughes will never suffer silently. (laughs) Ouch. I had a conversion in that moment. My eyes were opened to how I was handling this wrestling that we all have with the idea of suffering in our life. Suffering is everywhere. We live in a world of suffering. Disease and pain, loss, grief, hunger, death, Hopelessness, powerlessness, hate, broken hearts, despair, natural disasters. Someone, somewhere, all the time is struggling with these realities in their life. 
The text from Luke's gospel is so interesting, isn't it? It lets us have a little glimpse of those very first disciples, and I find it very encouraging that they're wrestling with this question too. There are two events they're trying to figure out. How in the world did this happen? Why would this happen? How could God let this happen? Who's responsible? Whose fault is this? The first story has to do with Pilate, who could be a vicious despot. And there are stories in other places besides Luke chapter 13 where Pilate had worshipers attacked and murdered both Jewish worshipers and Samaritans on Mount Gerizim. As they worshiped, so their blood mingled with the blood of their sacrifices, the animal sacrifices they offered. The disciples are wanting to know, how could this happen? Why did this happen is what they really want to know. Jesus says, you think this happened because they were worse sinners than the rest of you? Do you think this happened because they deserved it? Do you think this happened because God randomly picked them out and zapped them? No. Pilate did that. It was an intentional act of political violence. Life is like that sometimes. And what about this other story? The second story. People minding their own business, walking through the city of Jerusalem, and a mighty tower falls and kills 18 of them and injures whoever else. Why did that happen? Jesus says, do you think that tower fell on them because out of the whole crowd that was there that day, those were the 18 worst sinners? Do you think they deserve it? Do you think God picked them out? No. They suffered the whim of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Life is like that. But in both cases, Jesus says, but all the more reason to repent, to be right with God and neighbor this moment, this day, because life is full of suffering. Jesus is trying to teach those disciples that God did not cause the suffering they questioned. But he's also trying to help them understand, neither do we. Sometimes suffering just is. Sometimes. Life is just hard. And not being able to say why makes it harder, doesn't it? Jesus is acknowledging the reality in which we live. Well, some of y'all are sitting there going, well, thanks for nothing, Barry. <laughs> Tell us something I don't know. Life is hard. Suffering is random. Suffering is universal. I tell this to you because I love you. And I think it's important that we remember Jesus' approach 
to suffering, not just the people in those stories, but his own suffering down the road, because our world is also full of people who always want to tell us the why. And they don't know any more than you do the why. Preachers are the worst. Politicians are a close second. Even our family and our so-called friends come into our lives at the worst possible time, at the, the point of our worst suffering, and try to tell us the why of our suffering and who to blame and what we did wrong and why God had to get us. We need to get that out of our mind and get that out of our hearts so we can hear the truth that can sustain us through our suffering. And the truth is found in Psalm 23, a psalm that no doubt shaped the faith of Jesus and that I have no doubt led Jesus through the suffering in his own life. I love Psalm 23 because it starts with a presupposition. And that is, life is always going to be a mixed bag of green valleys, and I mean green pastures and dark valleys. It's a given. Every life. Every life. The one constant thing in our life, the psalm teaches us, is the constant loving presence of the shepherd. Green pastures, dark valley, the one constant is the shepherd. God does not stay in the green pastures by the still waters. Fair weather friends might. Sometimes even our family might. But the shepherd always sticks with the sheep. The shepherd always walks through the whole of our life. Laura Ingalls Wilder wrote, Suffering passes. Love is eternal. That's a gift you have received from God. Don't waste it. Isn't that beautiful? Suffering passes, but love is eternal, and that is a gift from God. You see, I believe God is just as much God when I suffer as when I'm feeling blessed and strong. I believe God is just as present when I am sick or defeated or broken as when life is good. I believe God is as near in the darkest night as in the sunshine of life. So maybe the answer to our question, what about all this suffering, maybe the answer isn't found in the why. Maybe it's found in the how. How do we stay connected to the shepherd? when we're suffering. 
How do we remain a faithful disciple when we're suffering and we don't understand why bad things have happened to me? How might our suffering even be transformed by God into an experience of love and a way of sharing love with other people. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Christian martyr, while he was waiting in prison to be executed because he wouldn't trade in the gospel's values for Hitler's values, wrote this we must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or omit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. We must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or omit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. When we embrace the reality that the common experience all human beings share is suffering, we can't look at people the same way again. That common bond, that compassion we have for one another, the broken hearts we share, cut through all the isms that separate us and divide us and keep us from each other when we need each other the most. Bonhoeffer was on to something. He was right. There's an old adage among uh, pastors, and over the years, uh, I've seen it to be true time and time again. Just a couple of weeks ago, it was affirmed once again. There are no strangers in the ICU waiting room. You ever been in an ICU waiting room? Suffering? Everybody is there for one another. They get you coffee, they talk, they pray, they laugh, they watch your kids, they go take you for a walk so you can have some time alone. There are no strangers in an ICU waiting room because it's in the midst of that suffering that we realize we are all in the same boat. And we need God. And we need each other. Who knows? Maybe even our suffering can change us. It's not why it happens, but maybe it can. Maybe God uses us somehow in the life of another. Years ago, a woman visited my church she slipped in by herself. She sat at the back by herself, and she got away really fast by herself at the end of the service. But she'd made the mistake of signing in, so I had her phone number. <laughs> and I tracked her down. I called her. And I said, can I come by and see you? She said, yeah, that'd be okay. And we set up a time, and we visited for a while. She shared with me that she'd always been a person of joy, a person of faith, a person full of life. But then she lost a child. And nothing was ever the same. 
She couldn't feel the same about God, though she wanted to. She couldn't feel the same about her life, though she wanted to. The worst suffering I can imagine in my life was hers. I had no answers for her. But I'd met a lady a year earlier who came to my church who had had that same experience. So I called her. And I said, can I give you the name and number of someone I think they'd, um, you'd understand them and they'd understand you. She called and they met. The next time I talked to my visitor friend, she said, I never thought anyone could understand me. I never thought anybody could care the way I needed to feel cared for. But when that lady called me, I knew somebody understood. She became the good shepherd that walked through the valley with her friend. Maybe that's what we do with our suffering. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.